three devices recording. Are you ready? I'm going to clap. Are you ready for the clap? I'm ready for the clap. Hi, everybody. Hey, this is a currently unnamed podcast. I think we skipped that step. <laughs> I think it's called Madness and Movies, right? Okay, yeah. Well, we're, yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I like that name. Especially because we already came up with it, and I forgot about it, and, but you remembered it. <laughs> you are... I'm Emily Cutler. Oh, I'm, wow. <laughs> so nice to meet you, Emily Cutler. <laughs> I am a mad pride activist and a mad studies researcher. Uh, and I am Andy Collings. I am a filmmaker slash photographer slash podcaster slash is there anything else I should be slashing <laughs> my boyfriend sure yes mm-hmm. yes Emily's boyfriend mm-hmm. um slash pancake maker we have pancakes mm-hmm. tonight slash I think I'm gonna stop there that's enough <laughs> that's enough so for our podcast series we'll be talking about yeah walk through the basics yeah. What are we doing here? Well, we're going to be talking about madness in movies, you know, quote-unquote mental illness, whatever we call mental illness, um, how that's portrayed in different films and television, and what it says about the way we view madness slash mental yeah. illness in society. Yeah, and to, to kind of lay the groundwork, we're pretty explicitly avoiding characters that are diagnosed, so like... One flew over the cuckoo's nest, right? They've, they've all got their, you know, you know that's about mentally ill people, air quotes, you know, whatever word we're using. Um, we're more interested in looking at, for example, tonight's film is Groundhog Day, and looking at Groundhog Day as a reflection of madness and what does this tell us about ourselves and society and all that good stuff, right? Like, you don't look at Groundhog Day and go, ah, yes, of course, the crazy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's more just looking at madness as something that is part of everyone or that's part of the human experience um, and that can very much be seen in a lot of different films um, beyond films that are explicitly about, you know, psychiatric institutions or mental patients that, that are more about just like human struggles that can very much be viewed through the lens of madness. So with that in mind, are you ready to talk Groundhog Day? Let's do it. Do you think this is a big enough movie? I, I feel like this is a big enough movie that probably at least 80% of our audience oh, yeah. has seen it, and everyone's at least vaguely familiar with it. Yeah. Should we repeat the premise just to sort of establish the format? Yeah. yeah. Just sort of walk through the movie? Yeah. Really broad strokes. So, yeah. So, basically, it's a guy, it's a um, weather weatherman who is supposed to be reporting on Groundhog Day, um, whether the groundhog sees his shadow or not, and what that says about how many more weeks of winter are to come. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, he does that, and then he wakes up the next day, and it is Groundhog Day again. Mm -hmm. So he is reliving the same day over and over again, and he's just kind of, like, cynical and cranky and... Hates his job, very pessimistic, um, not does not have a lot of close relationships in his life, um, and yeah, but then he sort of transforms throughout the movie, and um, he starts to kind of change that as he relives the same day over and over. 
It was yeah. It was interesting to me to very to see the uh, the phases, right? Like it was divided very distinctly into sort of like I don't know phases of reactions to the idea that you don't get to move on. And you just have to keep reliving this day over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. his his first reaction is kind of like it's horrible and like yeah, this intense self centered like. Yeah, yeah, like like manipulative, like oh boy, I'm just gonna bang every hot chick in town and try to sleep with, what's her name? It's Annie McDowell, but what's the character Rita. name? Rita. Rita. Rita's the character His name. His coworker, who yeah. he kind of he admires from afar. Yeah. And he, yeah, he basically just throws caution to the wind. Like he's very, yeah, depressed and over it, and like I, I'm just gonna do anything. Whatever I makes want. me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no consequences, um, and then he moves to the next phase, which is more optimistic, but also this kind of, like, game-playing, like, pickup artistry, like, yeah, if yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. memorize all the things that Rita, my coworker, likes, and I, like, you know, learn, learn about, you know, her background and her history, then eventually like she'll like me enough and I'll sleep with her or whatever. See, I interpreted that as like trying to be a nice person but not actually yeah. understanding what makes nice people nice. Yes. And so sort of like doing quote unquote like nice things but sort of just by memorization and not actually like connecting with anybody around him. Yeah, yeah. Just performing kind yes, of like, yes. playing like, the game. Yeah, yeah, wants to be a nice person, but all he sees is, like, just the surface, just... Yeah. And then... And then the third phase is, uh, pretty aggressively suicidal. He, he, uh, he walks up to Rita and says, like, well, this has been the end of me, and I just wanted to let you know that we had a very nice day once. And then he, uh, kidnaps Punk to Tony Phil, <laughs> the groundhog... Uh, and lets Punk to Tony Phil drive the car. They, like, drive, you know, so this this whole amazing sequence with the, the groundhog driving this truck. And he's going, don't drive angry, don't drive angry. And the chipmunk's going, <laughs> you know, like, making these, you know, noises and kind of steering all over. And eventually they drive over a cliff and die. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up the next day anyways. Yeah. He keeps surviving. And it's, like, this horrible thing that he, like, keeps waking up. And then... I guess the final phase after that is he just starts kind of looking, you know, looking for meaning or trying to find some amount of meaning in this and starts, like, engaging in things that he enjoys and... And connecting with people. Yeah, like, really getting to know Rita, his coworker, and um and also like helping people like he yeah. he starts like saving people's lives because you know he can predict when people are about to choke on their food or whatever or get a flat tire or whatever it is and so he like starts like yeah like helping people um and like uh yeah connecting being a part of this community this like town that he somehow gets stuck in um mm-hmm. and yeah yeah really yeah i don't know yeah just he, it's it, he's not like performing the nice guy anymore. He like, I don't know, finds it in himself somehow or whatever. Like, he actually like starts being genuine and nice to people. Yeah. And then, I don't know. And then that he demonstrates to Andy McDowell he's actually a nice person. That's sort of been like a thing. Is like the first whatever the first phase where he tries to just get in her pants. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're not a very nice person at all. And so he, this time around, he actually is like a genuinely nice person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she sees that and they have a very happy evening where he doesn't try to like take advantage of her, you know, trying to, he's not like a dick to her. He's not pretending to be nice to get with her. He's like actually nice and they have a lovely evening and then he wakes up the next morning and gets to go on with his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I personally, I've always, like, really resonated with this film because I feel like, you know, it's a metaphor for all of us um, to some extent, like, it's, or it's a metaphor for a lot of us that we're all kind of living the same day over and over, um, I think especially under capitalism, um, that's what it feels like, um, a lot of us have, you know, either, like, jobs that feel meaningless or, um, just life, life that feels, like, meaningless under this, like, capitalist, oppressive structure, um, and so we're just living every day just over and over, just, like, kind of, when will this end, um, kind Aww, of thing. but if you just connect to people, then again, <laughs> then everything's better and the problem's solved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so I, I do think the film, like, is problematic, you know, it sort of is this, like, Hollywood, like, recovery, self-transformation, self-improvement narrative, if you just... Of course, of course. Yeah, if you just put yourself out there and connect with people and do everything right, then, you know, just pull yourself, I mean, kind of, a little bit, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, then everything gets better. You just Um, have to wake up in the morning and believe that it gets better, and then it will! Yeah, 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 but... Um, but I, I think, I don't know, I, I think there's also some truth in that, in that, like, close relationships are, um, you know, what, what can lead to, like, meaning or fulfillment, um, and, yeah, and he, he does, like, um, form these close relationships and feel connected to people, um, and that's kind of what ends up just helping, um, and he also, uh, I, I think, yeah, he, like, prioritizes his own happiness, and, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's, there's truth in it, you know. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> we had such a good flow going. <laughs> I'm the one to break it. I'm like, hold on, wait, no, but thought. Yeah. Okay, I think it's really, really interesting that this sort of, his, his turning point, like his big turning point at first, like where he's, he's lived, he's lived the same day a couple times over and he's sort of still trying to get his, get his mind around this, like, what am I doing? And he, he, it's like the, the line is like, yeah, all your life they tell you to, you know, pick up your feet and clean up your room and take it like a man. And you know what? I don't need to. I'm gonna do what I want to do. I I think that's that's a fascinating, like, really important, like, moment to kind of pull out. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think one yeah one reason that he is so depressed and cynical at the beginning and just like fed up with life and and gets into this, you know trap of living every single day is the same day um is because yeah he's like following all the rules and just doing everything he's supposed to um and yeah and just never really like being able to break out of that or 
never able to do anything that he wants to do. Um, Chase the career, move up the ladder, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. At the the expense of, like, everyone around him. Like, he's... The people in the studio in, like, the first scene, like, he's just... He's he's awful then. But, like, it's clear that, like, he's just... He's following the script that he's in his head, right? The, The script that he feels like you, you go on tv and you be smiley and then you move on to a better job and you move on to a better job and you move on to a better job and everyone in the middle is expendable yeah i was gonna say one of the big rules i think that he's following at the beginning especially is this need to be happy on tv that he's mm-hmm. the weatherman mm-hmm. so he needs to be happy and cheery and act like everything's great even though he's mm-hmm. absolutely miserable um, and he can't, you know, he can't even tell anybody, like, hey, I'm, I'm feeling, like, miserable and depressed. Like, he can either be just, like, angry and irritable and cynical, um, to everyone, you know. Option not, number one. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, um, or option two is when he's on screen, he can be Mr. Happy Weatherman. And, like, mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of other scripts he has or options he has. He doesn't have other people that he can connect with and be like, hey, like, I feel like I'm just living the same day over and over and metaphorically yeah at, the, at this point at this, at this point, point yeah. in the plot yeah metaphorically yeah well I think at the beginning it's a metaphor like I think he does feel like that and so it becomes literal that's what the film is is like it like literalizes this feeling of living every day over and over until he's kind of forced to like break out of that somehow and I mm-hmm. think yes. I think that's the narrative of madness for a lot of people too that like there's something going on mm. in their lives that they can't really talk about. Um, they can't really express. They, they don't really have, like, connections that they feel safe talking about that with. Or they feel like they have to perform a role. They have to perform being happy. And then maybe, yeah. like, yeah, there's, like, you know, psychosis, for example. Like, a sort of breakdown, in a sense, or a break from reality where, like, it literally forces the person to just be, like no, this isn't working. I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm not going to live in this reality anymore. And I I kind of think, yeah, that's that's Groundhog Day, where, like, he he kind of breaks from his reality and is like, nope, not doing this. Big old bowl of nope. Yeah, it, like, forces him to confront it. Yeah, I think in some ways Groundhog Day could be read as like psychosis, right? Cause he's, oh, absolutely. He's going through oh, this the people thing around him, the people around him think it is. Yeah, everyone yeah. in town is like giving him side eye and like kind of like who is this guy? Like whether he's no matter no matter what he's doing when he's like you know hitting on the people in town, everyone's going, oh Jesus, we got a sex addict that rolled in, you know rolled in town. When he's you know he's trying to commit suicide, everyone's like, I don't know, he just snapped. Yeah, that's, like, yeah, his, like, first suicide attempt or whatever, they're all just, like, oh, what, what is, what's wrong with him? What's gotten into him? Like, he's just this, like, crazy person. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I think the internal experience, too, of what he's feeling, like, I think you, I love that the film, I think it does it really well, that it shows, even though it's a comedy, you do see this, like, existential aloneness that he's yeah, dealing with, oh my God. like, he is going through this reality and no one else is no one else sees it no one else understands it and he keeps insisting that people you know you have to help me you have to help me or like don't you get it or trying to like shove this idea through people's heads yeah and at one point they just send him to a psychiatrist just like hmm, well yes uh maybe we'll talk again tomorrow 
Yeah, I love that. The psychiatrist, he's like, what do I do to the psychiatrist? And the psychiatrist is like, well, come back tomorrow. <laughs> and he starts punching himself. And the psychiatrist is like, what? Like, is tomorrow not good for you? <laughs> it like, like, I felt like that was such an accurate representation of psychiatry, too, that psychiatrists are just like, well, just do this thing. And you're like... No. That's not how this works. That's not the point. Like, this is horrifying. I am suffering. I am living the same day over and over. Or whatever it is you're doing. The psychiatrist... Well, but have you tried eating healthier? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you just tried these meds? That that might help. Like, yeah. I I loved that representation of psychiatry. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, and also he is, like, super otherized for what he's going through. It's, like, people, like, look at him as, like, that's crazy, that's super weird, when, like, yeah, not looking at within themselves, I think, how everyone is living the same day over and over, or how that's, like, a common experience. It's just seen as, like, this crazy thing that he's going through. Let's see, I have in my notes. Oh, we have no. Oh, we do have notes! Yes. Hey, um. hi, notes. How, how you doing, notes? <laughs> In my notes, I have written. How do you say it? Ennui. 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 Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna be. We're gonna be French. We're gonna commit to ennui. Ennui. Okay. Ennui. Okay. Yeah. So, um, ennui. I read an article recently um, that was about how, like, ennui. This universal sense of ennui is this result of late-stage capitalism um, that kind of, you know, depression rates are rising, and the article was looking at, like, why is that? And saying that... Oh, we didn't, didn't you hear? It's it's because our kids don't get out out into the world enough, right? We have to make them go play outside for 45 minutes. Oh, right, Uh uh-huh, of course. It's either that, or it's something in the air like we stay inside with air conditioning too much and that kind of messes with our brains and so that's why we're depressed i thought it was those kids are using their phones too much oh right they don't connect with each other i'm sorry stay off your phones um stay off your phones stay outdoors exercise eat paleo Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah um or don't take your you know whichever narrative it is like that's right there's two narratives yeah there's kind of different sides of that one take your meds or like don't take your meds. They're the only thing ever that makes anyone suicidal. And nothing else. If we just got rid of the meds. I'm sorry, you guys. I've been working in the anti-psychiatry movement a little too long. Too um, long? It's like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of anti-meds. <laughs> to those of you, if anyone is mm-hmm. listening to this. I don't know if anyone's going to listen. But if anyone, Oh, they're going to listen? I don't know. They better. <laughs> I will find you if you don't listen. <laughs> but not You don't know who you are because you're not listening. <laughs> but no coercion. But some coercion. <laughs> but um yeah, if if anyone is listening who has felt suicidal as a result of antidepressants, that is valid and real and something that definitely happened. You know, I I very much support the need for more awareness around that. But I also think sometimes it ignores the social factors. Um, there can be um, really, really oppressive social factors that really lead to 
suicidality or that lead to, you know, ennui, depression, this like... Ennui. Ennui, sorry. <laughs> this, this sense, this pervasive sense of meaninglessness um, that I think a lot of us are feeling in late stage capitalism that I think Groundhog Day really captures. It doesn't really critique capitalism in no. any meaningful way. Um, but it but, still represents it. Yeah, I still felt like I could really relate to it through capitalism, just of, um, I, I think it does critique it a little in the sense of his performativeness of happiness for his job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, he, I think there is this dynamic it presents of, like, the happy weatherman on screen, and then the miserable person off screen who can Miserable never, jerk, yeah. Yeah, who can never, like, show that. Um, and I think that is a dynamic of capitalism, that, like, you're always supposed to be really happy at work and really positive and marketing and selling and making sure viewers stay tuned and energetic. Oh, boy. And, and like, yeah. that debilitates you. That, yeah. that, like, causes you to suffer. That, like, performativeness that takes real work that takes real energy that is like soul crushing to have to perform that when you're not that um and yeah. I, I think it captures that really well yeah and it's i mean when he when he can't keep it up anymore when he kind of like you get to that point sort of in the middle of the movie where he's going yeah i'm punk's time the groundhog's gonna come out of the it, it's a stupid rat we're praying to a stupid rat and like walks away or what you know like those kind of moments you know, there's a couple moments like that where he's like and they're pulling the rat out of the tree it's going to be winter. It's going to be a lot of winter. And, and people are just like, what's wrong with that guy? Why can't he just smile until the weather? Yeah. Just like, yeah. Just there's like zero empathy or zero like, hey, what's actually going on with that guy? It's just like, uh-oh, what happened to Phil? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, one critique of the film is that like, I think he ends up like I, I don't yeah I don't think it critiques capitalism in any meaningful way and so he he doesn't end up like quitting his job or rebelling or anything I think he ends up like you know improving himself and transforming and, so and learning now, to be happy with his yeah, job yeah and now he really is happy and he does even better and everyone loves him and yeah I, I think that that um you know so the film still does like end up following this narrative of like sad cynical guy becomes happy positive guy unfortunately yeah but i think it still can be very much read as a mad positive film because i think we still like him in the beginning i think we still identify with phil's character in the beginning i, I mean i did i don't know yeah like i enjoyed it he like i think there's this one moment where someone talks to him about the weather like the the, yeah, the, someone did the, the the woman that runs the bed and breakfast. Yeah, okay. Just sort of, yeah. She, well, what do you think about the weather? Do you think there's going to be a blizzard or whatever? And and he's just like, he goes off on this big thing. He's like, he's like, yes, the winds rising from the south will collide with, and he like goes off on some big, and he's like, yeah, d- did you want to talk about the weather or not? <laughs> did you actually want to talk about the weather, or is this just chit-chat? And she's like, oh, uh, just chit-chat. <laughs> yeah and he yeah I just love his like I really identify with him I I love that he's like so like blunt and like off screen and like (laughs) he doesn't perform like on screen he like performs and then off screen he's just like nope I'm not playing that role and like 
rebels against that mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. will not engage in small talk, will not engage in positivity. I think someone else is like, yeah, you're kind of a glass half de- half empty guy, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, good for him. <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> and your problem is? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, so I, I felt like it was, you know, he ends up, like, transforming from that or whatever and, like, not being that person by the end of the film. Because, you know, films, movies are movies and everyone transforms. And, and this, is a, this is essentially a rom-com with a, an interesting yeah. premise. Yeah. And the premise, I think, is better than the rom-com part yes oh yeah clearly like nobody's like oh but that was truly what a romance for the ages everyone like like groundhog day it was fascinating watching this movie and realizing that people seeing this in theaters for the first time didn't have groundhog day as like a verb Uh as like part of the lexicon where you can describe things now and go yeah well i mean he's he basically got groundhog day and then you go oh yes of course yes he's repeating the same thing over and over you go it's ground you know it's groundhog day it's groundhog day like, one of the characters in the movie says, you know, like, says, says something like, oh, it's, uh, what day is it? Oh, it's Groundhog Day! And neither of them, like, like, it feels like an ironic moment now where, like, it's Groundhog Day! <laughs> and you're like, that's the punchline, but I'm, But that wasn't a punchline. Yeah. And that the characters didn't know that, and the writers didn't know that. It was just... Yeah. I don't know. So interesting. Yeah, how it's, like, become this cultural yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. I think I'm so interested, though, in, like, the choice to make it a rom-com over, mm-hmm. like... Over, like, a science fiction. Yeah, or, like, an existential, like, horror film. Because it's, you know, the premise is, like, terrifying, yeah. right? It's, like, waking up on the same day over and over and, like, no one else is experiencing that. Like, you only have this reality. And I think I've had, like, nightmares mm. probably from this film, you know, mm-hmm. just of that. But, like, scary nightmares, like... Oh, yeah can't get anyone to believe me like I'm alone in my reality like horrifying but they chose to make it funny yeah like even the suicide attempts are Are funny are funny because you know he's gonna survive and I think it's because they're trying to get like it's it's the everyman they're trying to get at this sense of like this is everyone yeah yeah I don't know why did you feel like they chose to make it I don't know. I I, I I think you're generally on the right track. And I think it, it's interesting, like, compare and contrast. I'm going to guess that you haven't seen... Um, they gave it two names. So it was Edge of Tomorrow mm-hmm. was what it was theatrically, and then that sucked. And so they renamed it Live, Die, Repeat oh, when I've it went to Blu-ray. That. I haven't seen that. It's a science fiction Groundhog Day, right? Like, mm-hmm. So it is. It's kind of what you're describing. It's... Tom Cruise, yeah, just keeps waking up every day, and they're trying to figure out something in his blood, and what if it's this, and what if, you know, and then the aliens, and ah! Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, how do and you, I think it's, go ahead. How do you feel like it was, how does it compare to Groundhog Day? I think you're right, it's much more, like, existentially horrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they really lean into that to, like... To be fair, like, they, they lean into that. It's not just, like, an incidental. Like, they lean into that. Like, he, he sees his friends getting killed every day. Like, it's like a... Uh-huh. It's like a war against the aliens kind of movie. And he just... He has to wake up every day and go, No, don't step on the... And then his friend steps... You know, and then his friend blows up. And then someone else gets shot. And it's just... Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, I imagine that resonates with the experience of a lot of people, a lot of, like, trauma survivors who are, like, yeah. living and reliving their experiences over and over. Yeah. I, I, would be, I would be so interested to actually, yeah, look at, maybe put that on the list as, like, yeah. a... Uh, I think we should do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, though, now I'm thinking, yeah, Groundhog Day, like, the point was very much to make it about, like, this universal experience. It's not about yeah. re-watching your friends die over and over. It's about going to the same job and doing the same thing and seeing the same people and having the same conversations and the same yeah. small talk. And never, and yeah, and never being able to, to get the girl over and over and over. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think that, yeah, I think you're right that that was specifically targeted this sort of like every man like easy to relate to like oh and there's this girl and she's pretty and she's nice but she won't talk to me yeah totally yeah is Rita sort of a manic pixie dream girl again I think we need to define that term because that's way overblown over not overblown but over overused. broadly yeah over overused yeah i don't think she's quite that but you know it did sort of bother me that her character was not really fully flushed out yeah what is her character object of desire <laughs> yeah yeah just nice pretty basically speaks french yeah yeah you know there was supposed to be a sequel Oh, really? There was supposed to be a sequel where she gets stuck in a time loop the next day. Really? And Bill Murray doesn't believe her. Huh. Man, why didn't it... Oh, because this is the movie that destroyed the, the relationship between Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. I didn't know that. The director. Why? Oh, Bill Murray was terrible. I think my understanding is that he, this was, like, the point in his career where he knew he was big. Huh. And... So he just kind of, like, didn't give a shit and, like, came on to set late and was kind of, like, terrible to the other actors. And sort of like Harold Ramis, I think, my, I think, this is fuzzy, this is all kind of from memory, so, like, yeah. don't quote me on this or correct me in the comments, please comment. Um, said essentially, like, oh, I know, I know how to get the best performance out of Bill Murray. I know how to get the most Bill out of Bill. Uh-huh. But sort of that, like to do that he kind of had to push him and kind of like huh. like push him in directions he didn't want to go oh, and so like the professional like like you know the movie's amazing yeah the movie's amazing and it really is like quite possibly like the highlight of bill murray's career oh, yeah but getting that like destroyed a friendship and that, that's really like bums me out wow. to think about that that's interesting that it's interesting because that seems to really parallel the characters that bill murray plays <laughs> Life imitating art. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, just in terms of this, like, yeah, cynical actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I was wondering, like, how would this dynamic shift if it was the other way around? If it was a woman waking up the same day after day and, like, you know, I, I mm-hmm. think there are just no rom coms of a woman pursuing a a man or like you know lusting after there's a couple right really what's the one the guy that plays Deadpool Ryan Reynolds uh huh and Sandra Bullock 
and they go into the wood. It's like a green card wedding. Like she, she yeah. needs him for like a green card. So she's like, I've seen that. Is that though? Is is she like pining after him? She maybe, needs him for not, a green card. Marriage. Maybe not pining. Okay, maybe not pining. Uh, yeah, hmm. But not yeah. pining, but like pursuing. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. But sort of pursuing cynically. Yeah, I don't think she, at first anyways, I don't think she's into him. I think she just... And then finally he's the one that goes, I need you, I love you, come back to me. I think so. Yeah, yeah. no, I know, I know so. Okay. Yeah, he's the one that breaks at the end and okay. confesses his love and then she's all smiley. And... Okay, yeah. So even that one doesn't count now that I say it. Yeah, I don't nope. remember <laughs> that one too much, but I feel like there were some major dynamics of like... Like, man, he was, like, subduing her or something, or, like... Yeah, well, she was the cold, she was the cold, yeah. evil businesswoman. Yeah, 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 and then he, like, makes her, like... Makes her go fishing and whatever and all this crap. Yeah. And she does yoga out in the woods with Betty White. Yeah, which, again, I I don't know if how that would fly if, like, the gender dynamic was reversed, but... Some woman drags some, like... Yeah, grumpy CEO out into the woods and, like, makes him do yoga. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm so happy. I finally have a family. I don't know. Like, that sounds cool. I'd like to see we that. We should make but... that. Yeah, we should. <laughs> but, yeah, so coming back to Groundhog Day, like, yeah, how do, you, how do you think it would be different if the gender dynamic were reversed? Mm. I don't know. I would say something like, ah, no one would even believe her, but then no one believes him either. Yeah. But maybe even less for the... I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think less. Yeah, I think, like, at, ultimately people do... Well, Rita believes Phil. Ultimately. It does eventually come around, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like a woman, yeah, probably no one would end up believing her. Well, I mean, it's a movie. Like, that's the whole... The whole plot is that someone has to come around and believe her and, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think in general, they're just not... it. The plot, yeah, would just be super different because in general, women don't pursue men in romantic comedies. And so, like, this idea of, like, a man using the time he has, this frozen time of repeating days over and over to, like, get the girl, like, that's, like, cute, right? But, like, I think if a woman did it it'd be more that she's like desperate i was gonna say like going just i don't know going about her life and just like oh well i'll just clean everything and i'm gonna make this town a better place like right from the get-go and then like yeah. bumps into some guy who keeps bumping into her and like maybe he like sees yeah. through it a little bit and it's like do i remember you from somewhere and they and like has this this little flicker of memory and she's like oh and like and then sort of like falls for him like accidentally or like you know through a series of oopses and just like like she's not pursuing him she's kind of like falls into this and like oh well yeah I think the movie would be yeah less about her making like an active choice to pursue but like rather like her transformation would be coming around to this guy and like eventually like falling for him which would be super different right yeah. And I don't know if madness would be as big of a part of it. I'm not sure. Like, I, I do think there's something about... Like, I, I love Bill Murray's character. I also think it's 
more okay on screen maybe for men to be mad or at least that Mm -hmm. kind of mad Mm -hmm. cynical especially and like angry or like not angry but like irritable a jerk like i I think yeah yeah yeah, i think a woman couldn't really do that not as a main character yeah either not as a main character or not sustainably right like that's the thing you have to fix about him like oh we'll solve her yeah 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 We'll take her out of the woods and do yoga with Betty White. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I wonder, like, to what extent was that the narrative with Phil Murray? Mm-hmm. Was he, yeah. like, solved? Was he fixed? Was that, like, a madness in need of a cure? Should we start to wrap it up? I think we should. Okay. <laughs> what are our big takeaways here? <laughs> Give me bullet points. Okay. Um, I think Groundhog Day captures really well the, you know, the universal experience of depression, ennui, ennui, (laughs) (laughs) whatever we want to call it, that a lot of us are experiencing under capitalism. Um, And that that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to be fixed. Don't listen to the movie. (laughs) Yeah, and that the movie has some truth in, in that, like, close relationships can make it bearable or can make it, like, better to some, you know, yeah. to some extent or, like, give us meaning, but also the narrative that they, like, fix it. Yeah, they're, therefore, everything lives happily ever after. Yeah, and, like, he recovered and transformed, like, that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Um. Also... Uh, oh, oh you, you do have more. <laughs> yeah, I do have Okay, keep, no, keep, keep giving them. Keep sending them. Bring um, it on. Well, I mean, I think the film, like, you know, implicit in this film is this message that's, like, my whole body of work that, like, suicide is a natural response to how he's feeling. Like, I don't think anyone is looking at his suicide attempts and they're like, wow. I mean, the characters in the film, but I don't think any audience members... Or looking at his suicide attempts, like, wow, like, he's fucking crazy, like, this Who irrational is this guy? man, like, why would anyone take their own lives? His life is so precious, and he would do that, like, no, there's none of that, like, everyone is like, yup, yeah, that's what I would do, like, <laughs> he is repeating the same day, that is crazy, like, like, I don't know, it makes sense to me to try to kill yourself, and so, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I feel like that... That's a really important, I think, point in the film. Um, yeah, and then, oh, and then oh. also, the final point to take away. The final? The final. <laughs> I think it's the final. Is, <laughs> we thought the last one was the final. <laughs> <laughs> is um, the reading of Groundhog Day as psychosis and um, the ability, I think, to... I, I think the ability to look at Groundhog Day as a psychosis has the potential to, like humanize psychosis or just give us another perspective on what psychosis is yeah a frame of understanding yeah and that's really the whole point of the series is mm-hmm. to sort of humanize these very like other you know weird like oh you know we're all we're we're all kind of you know you know told like oh yes you know it's all those people those crazy people and this is you know i think we're trying to like say like well no bill murray is crazy 
uh, I don't know, Ferris Bueller is crazy. I'm, I'm looking at our list just to tease some upcoming episodes. You know, it's not them, it's us. Yeah. It through is, movies. It is a part of the human experience. So stay tuned. Not, no, no, hold on. Don't wrap it up too okay. soon because okay. we still have to tell them to... What's the list? Like, comment, <laughs> subscribe. Are we going to have a Facebook page? I don't know, maybe. That sounds good. We'll... <laughs> We'll see. We'll see where Just we're going do, with this. Do all the things um, that you can do with this bike. Yeah. But no, for real, tell us your thoughts. Tell us if there's anything we missed. Suggest and, movies. Yes. Tell us what movies you want next time. That's the big thing is we have a list. We'll, we'll burn through it eventually, but we really want to know what movies do you see that speak of madness to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Like, comment, subscribe, recommend, tell a friend, and mad check love. back next week. <laughs> send, send mad love to everyone, you know, along with this podcast.